Good morning. Happy New Year's Eve. Today is 1231-23. If you need to write that down, it's 123-123. <laughs> the simplest day of the year. No, it is so good to be with you this morning. Um, what a privilege to worship with you this last day of 2023 as we look at ushering in a new year. I look back on 2023 and and I think to myself, didn't quite turn out the way that I anticipated it would a year ago. Uh, there were some great moments of 2023 in my life and my family's life. There were some and still are some really hard things about 2023, some disappointments, some sorrows, some losses, uh, for sure. Um, two, two family members that I was very close to uh, passed away this year, and uh, people that were really close to me, and, and those, that was hard, and there were some hard things. Um, but as I reflect on all that God has done, all that he has been doing in my life, I, I am truly grateful and thankful for many of those things that he's using to sanctify me and, and that he does in, in all of our lives through hardships and, and difficult times. Um, I'm not really a resolution guy, a New Year's resolution. Anybody in here big on making New Year's resolutions? Is that a thing for any of you? No? <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> we're, we're, we're in that way. This, this really isn't a, a resolution message. What this is is, uh, hey, how can we gain some momentum going into 2024? What are some things, looking back on the difficulties that we've experienced in the year, um, reflecting on who God is and who God says we are as a child of God, um, how can we gain momentum? And, and really, that's, that's what I want to talk about is this is more about a momentum message and getting, getting a better perspective in our lives than it is necessarily about making some resolutions about things that we, we hope we're going to change or, or we're looking to change. I, I do have a, a list of things in my mind that I want to, to work on. Um, I, we probably all do, right? We all want to be more healthy. We all want to exercise more. But ultimately, and, and this is kind of my, my word as I was looking at the personal life development tool um, that you all use and, and, and out there, you know, what, what's my word for the year? What, what does that look like? And for me, it's a phrase, and it really would be keeping it simple. I want to keep it simple. And that's ultimately what I think this message and this passage that I've chosen for us this morning is going to help me do, and, and I'm hoping that I'm able to apply this going into 2024 as we look at this coming year. It's interesting, too, because as Buddy and I were talking about picking a passage to, for me to talk about this week, really what it, what I wanted to, what I did in thinking about that was, well, what passage has really impacted me the most here? Like, what passage has God been putting in front of me over and over again? Um, and it, and it was, it's this passage, and this is going to be what we're reading from today, Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. It's really interesting because um, over the last five months, uh, this 
passage has just continued to come up over and over again. I began working for a, a new ministry this year uh, at the end of the summer, and we chose, the, the ministry that I work for chose Hebrews 12 as our focus for the last half of the year. So all of our weekly chapel services that we did were, were on this. And then I was visiting a church up in Kansas City a couple of months ago. I was with a friend of mine, and we were up there uh, and, and went and visited this church. And what was the passage? Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. And I was like, all right, I'm getting the hint, God. There's, there's obviously something here that you want uh, me to learn and, and want me to apply in my life. And so I'm going to just share with you some observations about this passage that I've been reflecting on, and, and I hope that, that you find them helpful as well, and maybe there's some things that will resonate with you. Let me, um, let's turn to that, Hebrews 12, 1 and 2, if you have your Bibles, um, and let's read that. It says, Therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us also lay aside every encumbrance and the sin which so easily entangles us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. As followers of Jesus, you and I are called to run a race. In fact, the writer of Hebrews uses this analogy um, to try to help us understand what, what the Christian walk, the, our faith journey looks like. And Paul, in several places in the New Testament as well, uses this analogy of, of a running a race, of, of running well and, and doing well as, as a way for us to think about walking out our faith and our lives. And then just what we need to understand about this race, and it, this alludes to that, is that the race that we're running is a long race, and it is a grueling race. It's not short, uh, and it's not going to be easy. It's going to be hard, and it's going to be long. But here's the thing we can be all be assured of is that God's going to give us everything that we need. He's already given us everything we need to run this race and to run it well if we look to him. And, and so the writer of Hebrews in chapter 12 begins with this phrase. He says, therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses. And what he's referring to there is chapter 11, where he has told us all about these heroes of the faith. These, these, big, uh, these big characters in the Bible who lived out their faith imperfectly. They didn't do it perfectly, none of them that they mention. But we're to look back on these, these people. We're to take comfort. We're to, we're to be encouraged because the difficulties that they had, the, the challenges in their lives and the opportunities that the Lord uh, put before them required a lot from them. And what ultimately, what, what the writer of Hebrews is telling us is that take courage. It was their faith that made them righteous. It was their faith that got them through this. And he's encouraging us as well 
that our faith would do that when trials and hardships and difficulties come in our lives. And it, it enabled them to do some unbelievable things. And I just want that to, to resonate with us as we think about that, that those who have gone before us, the difficulties that they faced, it was their faith, it was their, their commitment to their faith that got them through, and it can help us as well. And so if you and I are going to gain momentum in the coming year, if we're going to gain endurance for this race that we're on, this faith journey in the coming years, there's four things in these two verses that I want us to really focus on and see. There's four areas that the author tells us that we need to do in our lives to become more healthy and to be more efficient in our race and to run that race, that spiritual race and run it well. And here they are, basically the four things that the author's telling us. We need to lay aside every encumbrance. We need to lay aside the sin which so easily entangles us. Those first two things, he begins with the words, lay aside. He's telling us, you need to travel light. This is a long race and you need to, you're going to need to travel light for this race. You need to get rid of these things that are going to weigh you down. Think about a runner, right? Think about an Olympic runner or especially a distance runner. They get as light as they possibly can. They wear as little clothes as, as humanly possible. In fact, a lot of the runners in the time that this author was writing ran nude. They ran with nothing on a lot of times to, to lay aside all of the encumbrances. And those are the, the first two things that he says is get rid of these things, the things that weigh you down and the sin in your life that so easily entangles you. And then the last two things that he tells us are going to provide us with the fuel, the motivation, the encouragement that we need. He's going to tell us to run with endurance, and he's going to finally finish it by saying, fix your eyes on Jesus. Get rid of these things and do these things. Those four things, it's that simple. To run the race well, those are the four things that we need to do. And I really, because for the sake of time this morning, I really want to focus in on the very first thing that the writer of Hebrews tells us. We could do a message on all four of those things. But the, the first one, the laying aside of every encumbrance. I want to talk about that because that's what the Lord has been showing me in my life. Again, this analogy of a runner, this analogy of, of being light, of, of getting rid of the weight. The, the Greek word there for encumbrance is the word onkos. And that word ultimately means bulk or mass or weight. Some translations use the word weight, laying aside the weight, getting rid of weight. Um, but think of it as bulk. I think that's a really good translation for the word encumbrance. Lay aside the bulk in your life, the things that are weighing you down, the things that are unnecessary. That's what he's, he's teaching us here. Again, that idea of a marathon runner being as light as possible. As you and I think about our faith journey, about our race, being more Christ-centered, being more Christ-focused, 
What are the things in our lives that might be weighing us down today? What are some of those things kind of in a, in a modern world that we're living in when we think about laying aside encumbrances that, that we need to become aware of that, that are weighing us down on that? And I want to just share with you a list of some things that have come to mind for me over the last couple of months as I've thought about that. And I'm going to kind of categorize these a little bit, but I'd love to I'd love to just share these with you, and also, maybe some of these will resonate with you. The first one is this, bad theology. Bad theology can weigh us down. And what do I mean by bad theology? Not that we get bad theology. We are in a church that's teaching great theology. What I mean is bad application of good theology. When I fail as a follower of Jesus Christ, to fully understand the theology of grace. That is a bulk that I am carrying that I don't need to carry. So when I say bad theology, that's what I mean. God's grace. I need to fully understand, I need to fully embrace God's grace. The, the, the opposite side of that that I have to be careful of when it comes to bad theology, the other bad theology is that, hey, I'm doing pretty well. I'm doing pretty good. That spiritual pride that we can sometimes accidentally incorporate into our lives, we can have this, this spiritual pride that we feel like we're doing pretty good on our own, right? Like, okay, I'm, I'm, at least I'm not as bad as that person, right? If we have a bad understanding of God's grace, that we are all saved by grace, there's nothing we bring to God that we offer that is good and acceptable to him. The, the, I think in Isaiah it says that it's all filthy rags, right, before God. All of the, the best works that we do are like filthy rags. And that's true. Bad theology would tell us we're so bad that God can't love us, or it can tell us that we're okay and we're good without God's grace. Neither of those is true. It is only by God's grace. The other weight that I can carry, that you and I can carry, that can weigh us down, is the weight of our past. Living with shame of past sin. Hanging on to unresolved hurt where others have hurt us in our lives and we've not found healing from that hurt. Unforgiveness, unforgiveness of others can weigh us down. Those are all things that, that the writer is encouraging us to get rid of. I love in, in Romans 8, when we think about this, nothing can separate us from the love of God. Nothing, nothing that has happened in our past, nothing that we have done or that has been done to us can separate us from God's love. Our past, if our past is keeping us from running this race well, it's something that we need to let go of. And, and if you need help letting go of some of those things, reaching out for help, getting counseling, getting help to move past the things in our lives that are hurting us and keeping us down. And again, the... the the, the other side of that is to be careful about pride creeping in, even if it's past accomplishments or past achievements that we're resting on our laurels. Philippians 3, 13 and 14 says, 
forgetting what lies behind, meaning forgetting what's bad and what's good. Let's forget what lies behind and let's reach forward to what lies ahead. Paul goes on there to say, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. He says to do this, we can only do this if we forget what lies behind. Another weight that we can carry is the weight of expectations. I don't know if that resonates with any of you. It does with me. Um, When I think about expectations, I think about living our lives to please others or to gain the approval of others. That can be a weight that we carry that's unnecessary, the expectations of others. Habits that we have. When we think about habits in our lives, things that we do out of habit, eating, drinking, exercising, getting enough sleep, these kind of daily routines, are there, are there things in our lives, are there habits that we have that are weighing us down? That's another thing that I think is, if we're gonna live this life and run this race well, we need to take a look at our habits in our lives. Another one that I wrote down this year and, and that I'll reflect on with you, may resonate with some of you, is our finances. Our finances can be a weight, they can weigh us down whether that's living beyond our means or whether that's living for more to accumulate, either one of those, living out of balance, living beyond our means or, or all we're, we're fixated on is accumulating more, living out of balance, not being open-handed when it comes to our finances. This is something that God has been teaching me. I think, I think this is a lesson that I will continue to learn all of my life is that the, mo- the happiest people in the world, the most happy Christians that I know are also the most generous people that I know, living open-handedly, not, not clutching onto and hanging on to um, bad finances, whether that's debt or whether that is living to accumulate the greed of more, letting go of those things and living generously and open-handedly and living within our means is also one of those things that, the, that we need to let go of. And here's one, if you've heard me talk at Allen Bible, you probably have heard me say this many times. I've talked about, in fact, my first sermon was all about this very thing, and it's my use of technology. I don't know if that resonates with any of you, but that's certainly something as I read these verses and I think about laying aside bulk, laying aside the encumbrances, technology can be one of those things for me. The, the mindless scrolling, the digital distraction, living a life of digital distraction. We live in an age where we, you and I, live in a place that cultivates digital distraction, a digitally distracted life. That's a life too, and that's a habit, and that's a that's something that, that's going on with many of us that is weighing us down unnecessarily that we need to take inventory of. I have to constantly do that. One of the helpful verses that I've actually preached on here before is Ephesians 5, 15 and 16, where it says, be careful how you walk, not as unwise men, but as wise, making the most of your time. 
And I think that's so true when it comes to our digital lives and the digital distraction that is out there. I don't know if any of those things are resonating with you, but those are kind of the list of things that, that as I thought about the weight, the encumbrances, those are the things that God has brought to mind in my life. He wants us to live in freedom. Jesus came to give us freedom, not just freedom from the punishment of sin, not just, not just eternal life, which is great. Those are things that we have because of Jesus. But he wants to give us freedom in the today, in the here and now. The burdens of life, so much of what Jesus' message was and so much of what he talked about when he came here was really about unburdening us from the things that were choking out true life. Jesus came to bring us abundant life, life that is truly life. And when he came, he just saw that life was being choked out of people. I mean, think about the burden of the old covenant and the oppressiveness of all the laws that the Pharisees had loaded onto the people. Jesus revealed this new way of living, this new way of thinking about the relationship with God. In Matthew uh, chapter 11, I love these words where Jesus is telling us more about kind of unloading the burdensome life. He says this in verse 28 through 30, Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. When, when life feels like a burden and it doesn't feel easy, it's a good time for us to take inventory. Are we living the way that Jesus wants us to live? Are we living the abundant life? Because if we're following him, if we're focusing on him, and if we're casting our burdens on him, life should be easier and less burdensome than it, a lot of times than it feels. The other thing I think to, to think about is you think about that laying aside every encumbrance, those things are not necessarily sinful. I mean, the, the writer of Hebrews goes on to say in those verses, after he says, lay aside the encumbrances, he says, and also lay aside the sin that so easily entangles us. But those encumbrances are not necessarily sinful. They're things, again, that are unnecessarily burdening us or unnecessarily weighing us down. And they're, they're hindering our relationship. Just like sin hinders our relationship with God. When we live in active rebellion to God, when we're living in sin, unconfessed sin, and we're living that way, that's going to separate us. At least our relationship with God is going to be hampered and, and, and dealt with. We've got to confess our sins. But, but here, with the laying aside every encumbrance, these things are not necessarily sinful. They're just unnecessary. The writer tells us that. Uh, the writer tells us that, and what they're teaching here uh, is that very thing. I, I think about the encounter with Jesus and the rich young ruler. I think about how he offers this rich young ruler a new way of thinking, a new way of 
of, of, of living his life because he looked at this guy. This guy wanted to, know, wanted to know what he needed to do to run his race well. He asked Jesus, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And, he, and, he, and Jesus says, love the Lord your God. He, he goes through the Old Testament laws, some of them, and the, the guy says, I'm doing these things. Like, I'm, I'm doing this. And then Jesus looks at him, and he, it says that he felt love for him in Mark chapter 10. And then he says to the rich young ruler, one thing you lack, go and sell all you possess and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Come, follow me. But at these words, he was saddened. The rich young ruler was saddened, and he went away grieving, for he was one who owned much property. And Jesus, looking around, said to his disciples, how hard it will be for those who are wealthy to enter the kingdom of God. Jesus, this account and Jesus's interaction with this guy is not necessary. It's not only about money. It's about anything in our lives that we depend on, that we are holding on to, that we are grasping with closed fists. For this guy, it happened to be money. For us, it may be money or it may be something else. But what Jesus offers here is freedom. What he was offering the rich young ruler was freedom from the things that were burdening him and weighing him down. And what was so sad about this is the rejection. This guy chose the things of, of the world, the burdens of the world, rather than Jesus. He knew that, that money was a burden to this guy. His invitation was the most loving thing he could have offered. Jesus didn't ask for his money. Jesus didn't care about his money. What he cared about was what money was doing to this man. What was the weight, what was the burdens doing to them? And he has the same compassion for us. Jesus wants freedom for us. He wants us to experience that, that unburdened life the abundant life. And we can't do that if we're hanging on to the things of this world that are outside of his will for us. Some of us in this room are living with unnecessary burdens, with unnecessary weight. And again, whether that's money or other things of this world that are choking out life, for me, there's some unhealthy habits that I have in my life that need to be cut out. The way that I choose to create a diet plan, <laughs> the way that I go about choosing what I'm gonna eat every day is one of those things. The, the amount of exercise, the amount of sleep that I get are one of those things as well. And, and this is a time of year when we think about those things um, and, and I'm not making resolutions about those things, but what I'm trying to do is become aware of where those things in my life are weighing me down, whether that's physically or spiritually, that are keeping me from living that abundant life that Jesus offers. You know, Jesus prayed and taught us to pray. And one of the ways that he taught us to pray was in, Ma in Matthew chapter 6, verse 11, where he says, Give us this day our daily bread. Think about that for a minute. 
Jesus, in teaching us to pray, taught us to pray, give us this day our daily bread. When I think about that, and I think about what God was trying to teach the Israelites coming out of oppression, when they were leaving Egypt, coming out of captivity, where the Egyptians not only had them enslaved, but the, the Egyptians had the Israelites completely dependent on them for food, for water, for shelter, for everything they had. And what God needed to teach the people of Israel and what he has been teaching us all throughout human history is that our dependence needs to be on him. In Exodus chapter 16, it says this, Then the Lord said to Moses, Behold, I will rain bread from heaven for you, and the people shall go out and gather a day's portion every day that I may test them, whether or not they will walk in my instruction. I've heard the grumblings of the sons of Israel speak to them, saying, At twilight you shall eat meat, and in the morning you shall be filled with bread, and you shall know that I am the Lord your God. God was promising them that every day he would provide for them. But he would only provide for them one day at a time because what God needed to do for the Israelites coming out of captivity was to teach them to be dependent on God. And then all those years later, Jesus, in teaching us to pray, how we should pray, he says, pray this way, give us this day our daily bread. When I think about how I think about provision, when I think about my needs and, and being provided for, daily is not what I think about. I think about how much have I saved for retirement? How much have I saved for the future? How much have I put away? And God is constantly trying to teach us, I want you to be dependent on me. I want you to be dependent on me for your everyday needs. And I think that's the lesson here. What are those things that we're depending on that are, not de- that are keeping us from depending on God? As we enter this new year and as, as I close out this message this morning, I want us all to consider this. The personal life development plan is going to be a great tool for maybe recording some of this. But my word for 2024, my phrase for 2024, is keep it simple. And, and I, what I want to do is I want to make a list. And, and if you want to join me in making this list, I would invite you and create three categories on this list. What are the things in my life that I need to get rid of or I need to eliminate? Number two, what are the things in my life that I, have, that I need to have less of, I need to not tolerate or put up with these things, but I need to get rid of some things and I need to do less of some things. And then number three, what are things that I need to do more of that will give me endurance, that will give me the fuel that I need to run this race, this spiritual race, better? When I think of the the getting rid of or eliminate, man, I'm being vulnerable here, right? I'm telling you my list, okay. Things that I need to get rid of or eliminate, unhealthy habits, as as I've already said, shame and unforgiveness. 
those, those things tend to creep into my life, even though my theology tells me that, they're, that I'm living under grace, there are so many times that I live in shame and unforgiveness of others. I need to eliminate those things from my life. What are some things that I need, and, and maybe we collectively need to work on, that we need less of? Maybe I can't eliminate technology from my life, but I can do less of the digital distraction. I can do less mindless scrolling. What are some things I need to do more of that will give me the endurance when I think about, the, again, going back to um, Romans 12, 1 and 2, the, the focusing on Jesus? What are the things I need to do more of that are going to build my spiritual endurance? And for me, again, those things are daily nourishment from God's Word. I love the, in fact, I grabbed one out in the lobby. I love the daily Bible reading plan that we have as an option. Daily nourishment from God's Word. Focusing on Jesus. Better rhythms of rest and relaxation. When I think about Sabbath, better rhythms when it comes to Sabbath, of resting. And then all of us, I want to encourage everyone in this room, you and I were created for community. We were not created to run this race alone. Praise God. When I think back on 2023 and the difficulty and hardships that I faced, I am so grateful that I had a community of brothers and sisters that helped me through some of those hard times, that prayed for me, that sent me texts and notes of encouragement when I needed them most. If you don't have community in your life, let me encourage you, find your people. Find your community because that is ultimately what God, how God is going to provide for us in many ways is through his people, through his community. And then again, keeping it simple. I need to travel light and I need to focus on what's most important and what's most important in my spiritual walk. What's the most important thing that God has for me going forward? I want to invite the, the band back up here. We're going to close out with a song and we're going to close out and we, we, we sang about this before, but, but focusing and looking at Jesus. There's a line in that song we sang right before I came up that says, living the abundant life and the free life, living abundantly and living free. And that's my prayer for all of us this year is that we will, we will live to find life that is truly life, abundant life, and that we will let go of some of the things that are keeping us from living that way. Let me pray for us. Father, I'm so grateful that living the Christian life, obtaining eternal life, is so simple. It is through faith, Father, and by faith alone, because of your grace, that any of us can be saved. Nothing we do, nothing we offer, but just because of your grace, we are saved. And I'm so grateful for that, Father. Lord, I pray that whatever is burdening us in this room, 
watching online, if there's something that is weighing us down, that's keeping us from running our race well and efficiently, God, I pray that you'd bring it to mind. Help us to let go of those things. Help us to move away from those things in our life that are unnecessarily burdening us. And Father, help us to focus on you. Help us to focus on Jesus in this coming year, to cultivate our relationship with him so that we might have endurance to run this race well. Thank you, Father, for all you're doing. Pray your blessing on this coming year. And I ask it in Jesus' name.